Welcome to Common Ground with Bill Walton, featuring conversations with leaders, entrepreneurs, artists, and thinkers. Fresh perspectives on money, culture, politics, and human flourishing. Interesting people, interesting things. Today, I'm here to talk with two friends of mine, Jimmy Kemp and Lamar Thomas. Our topics are football and family. Both Lamar and Jimmy are products of terrific families and both played professional football. But before we turn to football, let's talk about families. Jimmy, tell me about your family, where you grew up and what sure. life was like in the, the Kemp family. Yeah, well, Bill, thanks for having me. Um, glad to be back and uh, glad you keep on doing this. Um, so I grew up in Bethesda, Maryland. My father was a congressman uh, from 1971 to 1989. And uh, back then, congressmen lived where their jobs uh, were. Um, so my dad was a congressman from Buffalo, New York, where he played for the Buffalo Bills. And uh, he got elected to Congress in 1970 and took office in 71. I was born in June of 71. And uh, so I grew up in Bethesda, Maryland. My mom's in the same house where I grew up. Um, she's been there for 42 years, I guess. And we're just moving her out next year. Uh, my parents, Jack and Joanne, um, got married when they were just out of college, and I'm the youngest of four children, uh, and I only knew my dad as, <clears throat> as a congressman and a politician, but I was mostly proud that he was a pro football player before I knew him. He won the AFC championship twice. The AFL championship. AFL. Yeah, yeah, right. Before it became the AFC, it was the American Football League, separate league before merger. And, uh, but you know, my sport, my world revolves around sports. And, uh, and I'm 12 years younger than my brother. My brother, Jeff, played in the NFL for 11 years. And so by the time I was nine years old, not only had my dad been an NFL quarterback, which that was kind of out of my memory, uh, you know, I loved Roger Staubach of the Dallas Cowboys, despite the fact that I lived in the D.C. area. Redskins fans, forgive me. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> but my brother was, he became an NFL quarterback. And I thought that was awesome. So our family kind of revolved around football. Uh, yes, politics was important, but Sundays in the Kemp family, as my dad said, would say, uh, were a religious holiday. And yeah, we went to church, but, um, <laughs> but it was because of football. Lamar? Well, my, my background is a little different. It's very similar, though, to Timmy's, but my parents didn't play in the NFL. Or my mom or my dad didn't, but we both we all revolved around football. So we played. My parents played flag football. They grew up playing flag football. As you grew story. up in Maryland. I grew up in Maryland. I'm sorry, I'm from what, Fort what Washington, town? Maryland. Fort Washington. Yeah. I'm from Fort Washington, Maryland. I have uh, one younger brother. Um, both of my parents uh, are together. They live together. Um, my my dad's name is Sean Thomas. My mom's name is Elwanda Thomas. Okay. My brother's name is Desmond Thomas. Um, my parents uh, my parents are they grew up around flag football. My dad like was really big on flag football. My mom also plays flag football. A lot fewer concussions, I bet. A lot fewer concussions. <laughs> a lot fewer concussions. Uh, my mom has a. They have an interesting story about uh, her playing when she should not have been playing. Um, pregnant. Pregnant. <laughs> they didn't have enough people. They told her to stand out on the field on the sideline <laughs> to just for the extra body, and she goes and starts trying to make plays and you know being competitive, the competitive person she is. But. Fort Washington, Maryland, football family uh, wasn't on Sundays for us. It was on Saturday mornings. 
So, so you still have a team. You still have a I family still have team. A, I still have a family football team that my dad and my mom both still currently play on. And actually, this past Tuesday night, we won our league championship for third time in a row, which my mom and my dad play on the team, which I think is the coolest thing about my life right now is that I can play football with my dad, my mom, and my brother. Now, you need a quarterback? We do need a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> we do need a quarterback. Now, you played quarterback. Yeah. And you played, like, every position there was. Kind of. Except like, for quarterback. Except for, well, I think you threw. Well, I, played, you I, did, I did play a little bit of quarterback. I, you're right. I played a little bit of wildcat quarterback. Now, you grew up uh, in, in Maryland, Prince George's County. Mm-hmm. Your football team went, like, 50 and 6 or something like that? Yeah, so I, in my four years in high school, I lost a total of five games. Yeah. Um, there was a time where my high school team was ranked in the top 20 in the country. Um, so we had a we had a pretty pretty good high school team. It was a public school, so we didn't get as much of the hype as the uh, private schools got, but we were pretty pretty good public school at the, at the time. And Jimmy, you played quarterback in high school? Yes. And I, I, I played the wishbone. We didn't throw the ball. Mm-hmm. We had... Uh, it always drove my dad crazy. What, what, what's, what's a wishbone? Um, come on, Bill. Um, <laughs> I'm from Indiana. I play basketball. <laughs> the wishbone. I get a pretty is, good jump shot. Instead of <laughs> instead of having three receivers to throw the football to, you have three running backs to hand the ball <laughs> to. Oh and so yes. I was handing the ball off all the time in high school. I'd run it every once in a while, and uh, and then my junior year, I completed. We threw the ball seven times in one game, and I completed all seven passes. And our coach, who'd been an institution at our school, after the game, he said, damn it, Kemp, now we've got to throw more. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I played quarterback at uh, Churchill High School in Potomac, Maryland, and then at Wake Forest, and then in Canada for eight years. So, Lamar, you were recruited by an extraordinary number of colleges, like 31, I understand. I had 31 Division I scholarships coming out of high school. And you were an all-met? I was all-met, yeah, I was... Number one player in the state of Maryland coming out my senior year. I played in the U.S. Army All-American game yeah. um, my senior year. Um, yeah, but 31 Division I scholarships, uh, a lot of different schools. It was an exciting time for me. But I've, I've, I've learned from you, though, that you're not the best football player in your family, best athlete in your family. I wish that I could take the claim of being the best athlete in my family. It's your mother. I'm sure my dad wishes he could take the claim also. <laughs> I'm sure my brother even wishes that he could take that claim. But, yeah, my mom is m- the most competitive person in the family, and she's probably the best athlete in the family. I'm sorry I stepped on your punchline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you set that up pretty well. And, Jimmy, were you the best athlete in your family? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Nobody else would have to Brother Jeff, they can't defend themselves. <laughs> So you both played high school football. You were stars in high school. Then you went to college. You went to uh, first Ohio State and then to New Mexico, and you went to Wake Forest. Right. And what's it like going from being, like, the best player in, in, in around in high school to going into college and having a lot more, uh, lot, lot more athletes that you got to compete with? I wasn't as, high, as highly recruited as Lamar was. Yeah. Uh, I was all met, but even though I, you know, I, I punted also, and apparently the Washington Post thought there was a better quarterback in the county at Springbrook than me. So they made me all-met first-team punter, and I was not the player of the year. I didn't have a ton of scholarship offers. So I was under no illusion that I was uh, going to be a, a big fish in a small pond. I had to scrap and fight for any, anything that I could get at Wake Forest. 
Um, and uh, I had a bunch of one double A offers, William and Mary, James Madison. Those may have been <clears throat> smaller ponds had I gone there. Um, but I wanted to play 1A football, and Wake Forest gave me that opportunity. And it took me all, you know, it wasn't until my redshirt senior year, my fifth year, that I became the starting quarterback. So it took me a while, but I, I had my sights set on what I wanted to do, and uh, I wasn't surprised that it was going to take me a little while. I've, I've been an intramural athlete my whole life. Uh, I was too little as a kid to actually get into competitive sports. I grew a lot when I got, finally got to college. So I don't know what it's like to be part of a team where you're in a high school or college environment. Is that is that a, how different a world is that to be part of a football team on a campus, Ohio State, Wake Forest? Yeah, it's a big difference for me. Like, um, coming out being a t highly recruited athlete and being able to have an opportunity to kind of go to whatever school I, I wanted to. Mm -hmm. I went to a school with a big, a big football program, and it was difficult to me to adjust because, like you said, I'm kind of used to hey, you're the best player in the team. Hey, we're going to kind of center everything around you to, like, now you're just kind of, like, one of the guys. One of the guys. And, like, if you can compete with these guys, then you'll play. But if you can't, then you won't play. So it was a, it was a big adjustment for me. And um, not only did I have to do that, in high school I played a lot of running back. So I was a running back. They handed me the ball a lot in high school. And the times I did catch passes, they would just, hey, run as fast as you can down the field. We'll throw the ball, you catch it. Where now in college these guys are – just as fast, you know, they've been playing receiver or whatever position they're playing, so now i got to make this adjustment to not only learn how to play receiver but also learn how to not be the most athletic or the fastest or the best guy on the team. So it was yeah. quite an adjustment for me. It was, a, it was a fun adjustment for me, but it was quite the adjustment. And, and, Jimmy, when Lamar talks about running down the field fast, I think he ran a 4.3-second 40-yard dash. It's uh, not bad. How, how was yours? <laughs> we, don't, we don't need to bring it up. I bet it didn't start with a four. <laughs> Actually, I ran a four eight five. That's hey, the, there you go. So I'm, I was under five. So I wasn't going to say that, but once you challenged, <laughs> I was I was a little bit quicker than I was fast. Okay. Um, but uh, well, your dad said you were the best passer in the family. I told you I was the best athlete. Okay, you, you well, don't have to ask any more well, questions. Okay, I thought that was just hubris. <laughs> so. It, it, you're a football player. You're on the team. You come into Wake Forest. You come into Ohio State. It's not just pure athleticism that gets you the job as a starting this, that, or the other thing. Is there a lot of politics that go into deciding who gets to start and who gets to sit on the bench? I've, I've gone through uh, situations where I, I do agree that there are politics that play into who plays and who doesn't play. And I always use this, for example, like I got recruited to go to Ohio State from a high school in Maryland. Um, and... You know, to think that if the coaches at Ohio State, that how many times are they going to come to my high school or to come to my area to recruit a player where the players that they recruit in Ohio, they have to continue to go back year after year after year. I can go back to my high school and say, hey, I don't like this school because of this, this, and that. But the guy that's from Ohio, they want to make sure that he makes that good impression on his fellow, you know, teammates or his the people that he played with before. So they'll kind of – kind of – you know, play them a little bit more or they kind of get that advantage to where, hey, we got to go back to that school and recruit. We don't want any bad feedback coming from, you know, a kid that went to that school. So I, I kind of – I feel like I, I went through that a little bit at Ohio State where I kind of had to fight that uphill battle of, of, of Ohio kids, you know, that might have been the exact same talent as me but got the upper hand because they were Ohio kids and Ohio State has to recruit that area, you know, a lot more. So. 
politics uh, in football. I, I, you must have been pretty good at it. <laughs> <laughs> One would think, well, part of what I think I did understand is that uh, all that stuff doesn't matter. And I bet if you ask Lamar today, is it there? Yes. Are there some preferences that exist? Yes. Um, but I'll tell you what, if a coach, for the most part, no, <clears throat> there are coaches who make mistakes, um, but for the most part, if you keep your head down, you work your tail off, you're a good teammate, um, and yeah. you, you do what's asked of you, and you show up, and you're persevering, and you're not going to get discouraged by things, you don't have to worry about politics. And <clears throat> I, I think there are a lot of comparisons there to politics, uh, but I don't think we want to go there yet. <laughs> now, and, I, and honestly, I agree, and, I, and we talked about it a little bit beforehand where the decision I did make to leave that, like, I do. You left where? Ohio State. I left Ohio State to transfer to the University of Mexico. You were there for two years. There for two years. Did you? How much did you play? Um, I was a returning. I was a kick returner. Yeah. I started kick returning my freshman year, my sophomore year. I didn't redshirt at all. So that kind of played into me also Ooh. transferring. I, I, I think played the coaches two years. made a mistake there. In my without knowing you uh -huh. real well, I think they they made a mistake. So I played two years in just primarily returning kicks, Gosh. and I just looked into my next season, kind of. Being the same way, and I didn't want to only have two years left to play. I still had a redshirt year where I could transfer and still sit out and right. and be able to play somewhere in two years. So I think that kind of that kind of impacted my decision on transferring. But like you said, now looking back after transferring, looking back, I, I wish I would have stuck it out and realized that that the politics really aren't in it as much as I thought it was at the time, and just kind of gave that gave that chance to see if I would be able to get on the field. You know, mm -hmm. because after I left. You know, things things happened on the roster. Guys transferred. Guys didn't do this. And, you know, it would have been an opportunity for me to play had I st stuck around. Right. You know. Yeah. Well, what what mistake did the coaches make? Just in college on? football, yeah. uh, the, the red shirt year is typically used for freshmen, mm -hmm. right? So you come in as a freshman, and I think it's wise for coaches to recognize that a 17 or 18 year old kid coming to a college campus, having to deal with classes that are probably a lot different than they had in high school mm -hmm. and dealing with the freedom of so, being home. So they should have redshirted him the first year. Redshirted red shirt him the first year. Yeah, I was redshirted, okay. not because I, you know, I mean, it's a tough decision when you've got as much talent as Lamar had, the coach wants to get him on the field because he can help that year, yeah. right? And so it was a temptation that they gave into I'm guessing it, he would have been better served and the team would have been had he been red, red-shirted. But I'm just speaking off the top of my I head. Agree. I, know what I'm no, talking about. I agree. I agree 100%. <laughs> so, Jimmy, you went on from Wake Forest to play in the Canadian Football League. Right. Difference between Canadian football and American football? There are a few differences. Instead of four downs um, to get a first down, uh, there are only three downs. Oh. Um, so you punt on third down instead of fourth down. Hmm. Oh. You always go for it on third and one because the defense is required to stay one yard off the line of scrimmage. So on third and one, if you can't get a quarterback sneak for one yard, you are pitiful. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so you always go for it on third and one. It's the equivalent of fourth and one in the NFL or college football. Um, there are 12 players instead of 11, and that extra player is a receiver um, on offense and a defensive back on defense. So you got what five receivers? Then? So you uh, you can have six receivers, six receivers if you want. Okay. You can have one back and yeah. five, one back and five receivers, or two backs and four, or no backs and six. 
and uh, and and those four of those receivers. Let's say you go with six receivers, all right? You can take four of those receivers, put them in the backfield behind the quarterback, and then they can motion anywhere they want, and they can be running at the line of scrimmage just as long as they're not across the line when the ball snapped. So they can be going full speed at the line of scrimmage, and a defensive eyes, <laughs> defensive back's eyes were like, oh, my goodness. And uh, so it was a, it's a passing league, and uh, you may have heard of a quarterback named Doug Flutie. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. And Doug's one of he's I would say he's the best Canadian football league quarterback of all time, and I got to play against him and played with his brother, Darren, who was a receiver. Um, but it was a fun league, and, and, uh, and most of us, the last thing I'll say about it, Bill, most of us had been cut at some point. Um, we'd been told that we weren't good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that made you angry, and you played with an edge, um, but you also knew that, hey, foot, I, football should be fun. I don't want to just be wor- – I've been cut before. The worst has happened to me. I'm past that. I'm going to have fun, you, and we you, did. You played, what, 10 years, 12 years? Just eight years. Eight years? Eight years How many yeah. times were you cut in that eight years? Um, well, I was cut uh, I was cut by the uh, the NFL Europe League. In the, uh, one, one year I tried out for NFL Europe, and uh, I got cut. So did Jay Gruden, the current head coach of the uh, Redskins. We were teammates during training camp. Uh, so that's once. I got traded uh, two times. That's a little bit like being cut. And then I didn't get re-signed my final. I was still under contract. I had a wife and two kids, and I wanted to be making more money, and I wanted the team to treat me better. And I, you know, I didn't think it was politics. I just, I just thought it was common sense mm-hmm. um, that they'd pay a veteran quarterback who'd performed pretty well, and they didn't. And so they didn't bring me back, and that felt like getting cut because um, it wasn't ending my career on my terms. What was the pay scale at CFL versus uh, uh, NFL? Yeah, probably about a sixth of what yeah. the NFL makes. Yeah. Uh, the average salary was, uh, you know, forty four hundred thousand um, dollars. Then it was, you know, about eighty thousand dollars in Canada. So you went from not throwing the ball at all to throwing the ball all the time. Yeah, that was fun. I, I was going to ask you, like, how was the adjustment <laughs> from Wake Forest? You know, 11 players, you yeah. know, traditional four downs to Canadian football. Is the, is the field also bigger? Or? Oh, yeah, the field's, that's right. The field's wider and longer, and the end zones are 20 yards deep instead wow. of 10, and the goal, goal posts are on the line of scrimmage. So I, you could throw a, a pass into the end zone, and it, it could either get knocked down by the goal post um, or you, the receiver could be looking for the ball Catch it and hit the goalpost. Oh, wow. So, um, or you could use the, you could use the goalpost as a pick, right, and take your defender <laughs> right to the <laughs> post, and he's backpedaling <laughs> and doesn't see the the goalpost. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the adjustment was was great because really I was redshirted in my first year of pro football. I was on a practice squad, mm-hmm. um, so they paid me four hundred bucks a week, and. Uh, and I didn't travel with the team. And then halfway through the year, the starting quarterback got injured. I got bumped up to second string. The guy who was starting, he got hurt the first game uh, that I was on the on the active roster. And uh, all of a sudden, I found myself in the game, and I was scared. Like you. You oh my like gosh, me. I was scared. <laughs> it was brutal. I didn't. I, I play. I did okay, actually. I did okay, but I, I'll never forget the first time I really took a professional hit. The guy became a good friend of mine. Uh, and he's about 5'11", 6 feet, 320 pounds. 
And I was kind of rolling out, scrambling a little bit. I threw a pass around this guy to a running back, and he put his face mask right in my chest. I was totally exposed, and his 325 pounds drove me right into the ground, wind knocked out of me, and I thought, welcome to professional football. <laughs> um, but it, after that year, it got a lot easier. So my, my practice squad year really helped, and I got a little bit of experience. Well, you know, it's in the family. I, I get, I'm, I'm seeing here that your father played 11 seasons. and he 13. 13? Jack was 13. Jeff was 11. Okay. Jimmy well, eight. he suffered a dozen concussions. Uh, maybe. Two broken ankles. Mm-hmm. Crushed hand, and what did he tell the doctor when the hand was crushed? Well, yeah, it was it was his middle finger. Yeah. Um, and uh, his middle finger got crushed. He wanted to come back and play that season. And the doctor said, look, Jack, you can either – I can either fix your finger, but it's going to take you a full year to get better, or I can fuse your finger into the shape of a football, and you can come back and play in a month. And uh, Dad said, fuse the finger. And so anytime <laughs> you shook, shook his hand – He'd have his middle finger sticking into you. Uh, he couldn't. So the hand that was permanently was sh- cupped to grasp his, the football. His, his <laughs> finger was permanently cupped to grasp a football. So he's he's you know he uh, he was a determined guy. You remember Larry Bird, of sure. course. You remember Larry Bird's mm-hmm. broken finger? It was it was it was pointing the wrong direction, and it didn't seem to hurt him. But he was uh, he could shoot. He was Larry Bird. Yep. You were you were went from Ohio State. Uh, you were drafted by uh, Denver Broncos. Not. Yeah. Und- undrafted free agent. Undrafted free agent. Undrafted free agent. What was that like? The Denver Broncos. Well, did you, that go, was, did you go through the combine? I did not get invited to the combine. So what happened, I, uh, I transferred to the University of Mexico. Um, I played one year. I broke my foot, um, set out the rest of that season. So my, all I had was my senior year to play. They brought in uh, the coach, Bob Davey. He brought in a brand-new offensive coordinator. And quite like the wishbone, we ran uh, like the single wing mm-hmm. where we have just – option right. offense. So it wasn't ideal for receivers. So no. I didn't get any. I had 18 total catches my senior year in college, right. 18 total catches. I and played. you led the team. I led the team right. with 18 catches. And so I didn't get any, I didn't get any bowl invites, no um, combine invites. All I had was my pro day. Um, I ran to my pro day, did pretty well. This pro day is when uh, the pro scouts come to your campus. That's what I did too. I didn't mm-hmm. get to go to the combine. Yeah. Pro, pro scouts come to campus. You run, you do all the testing at your school that they do at the combine. So you do your 40, you do your vertical jump, you do your bench press. Didn't you tell me you did pretty well with the bench press? I did do pretty well. I did do pretty well. I think you still could do pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) Well. (laughs) My testing was really well in my pro day. My my bench, 225 bench, I did that 17 times. And the the craziest part about that is never before that, I had never done it 10 times. Really? Ten times. Never done it ten times the so day, all, days all before. Adrenaline. Wow. All adrenaline. And, yeah. I mean, I think I could have gotten more, but I was so shocked when I got to 15 <laughs> because I had never gotten more than 10 right. that I think that I just kind of psyched myself out a little That's bit. Wild. Yeah, but yeah, I had quite, the, I had quite the, the day. That was the same day. I ran 4-3 in the 40, and my vertical was 38. And I just said it was just in the, it was quite the adrenaline. It, it was a good day to be, <laughs> it was to a, be on fire. It was fire. a good day. Yeah, full disclosure, uh, Lamar's my per, uh, personal trainer, and I was in the gym with him this morning. We were yes, boxing, we were. and <laughs> we, I'm really glad we have rules that Lamar doesn't get to hit back. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's working, Bill. He's doing a good job. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, CFL, uh, did you miss it? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, there's nothing like being on a team um, <clears throat> and having having your performance judged. You you know you know you won or lost. It's either a great feeling or it's a really painful feeling. And then the next day, you you know what your routine is. Bam! I'm going to go in there. We're going to look at the film, uh, look at the video, and figure it out. And uh, I'm going to you know try to get better at the things that I screwed up. And I know the guy to my right is going to try to improve those things. And and uh, and having that common cause <clears throat> in such a uh, defined way on a weekly basis. Um, was was an mm -hmm. awful lot of fun, um, and yeah. life is different now, um, and uh, it's fine. It's it's a stage of life, but yeah, yes, I do miss it. Now, were the players in the CFL mostly recruited from the United States? Uh, there's a the quota. Year? You have to have uh, half half of the players can't be Americans. How many of the players are African American? Um, well, probably I'd say when I was playing, at least it was about sixty percent African American. Now, are there issues of race in Canada, American football? I mean, what is the what's I was there's definitely it definitely I, I think it's a better place for black players to play in Canada than in in the United States. But I I didn't play well. Yeah. Actually, the Canadian Football League had had teams in Sacramento and San Antonio, Baltimore. They, there was an experiment, and so my first two years I played in the United States in the Canadian Football League in Sacramento and San Antonio, and then all those that experiment folded. And uh, I went up and played in Canada for my last six years. Um, so I know a little bit of the difference. Um, <clears throat> but Michael Pinball Clemens, one of the best running backs I've ever seen, he was a pinball. He just bounced off people. And he grew up in Florida, um, and he experienced racism in Florida and in Virginia. When he got to Toronto after being cut by the Kansas City Chiefs, he loved Toronto. And he's never moved back to the United States. Has oh, an American wife who's African American, um, and they've had they've built their life and their family up there. And so I think uh, it's one of the pox on our country that we have not been able to do mm -hmm. a better job on race relations. Lamar, you haven't experienced both countries, but do you have a point of view? Have you heard things? Have you talked with guys about how they feel? Um, I know I know a few guys that feel um, so as if. It's not equal, you mm -hmm. know, and I don't know in what sense because I don't really get into, you know, too much on the topic of that. I've never experienced personally, you know, I've never had any personal experience on, you know, whether African-Americans get treated differently in the NFL or not. Um, but I do know of some some guys, some friends that that still currently play in the NFL that feel as though sometimes that it's not equal or they don't get treated equally. You know? Have you ever been stopped for very little or no reason by any police officers in the I've had, actually yes I've had that happen to me before um, when I was at Ohio State that was probably the first time that I've ever really witnessed that happen it was one late night I was driving uh, on campus and I got pulled over and it was it was for no no reason really and kind of was just threatened by the cop to tell my head coach you know that I was out late and doing nothing and he just yeah, you're out late. I can report this to Coach Trestle, you know, if I need to. But, you know, I didn't get stopped for, you know, speeding or, you know. Do you feel like it was more that because you were African-American or more because you were a football player? I feel like it was more because I was an African-American because I don't think they knew that I was a football player. They didn't know you were football until they saw until, you. Yeah, until yeah. they saw me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I don't think we're going to solve it on this show. I, I went to high school as about 80% African-American, and I got very friendly with, with guys and 
I try to put myself in their shoes. I couldn't do it. I mean, it's just we'll figure it out. Next show, we'll figure that out. <laughs> right now, Bill. Come right on. now. Let's go. <laughs> Injury, football. Uh, you got hurt a lot, Lamar. I did. Um, I'm sad. Is that because you committed your body in ways you shouldn't have, or you just? Uh... It's probably a, it's probably <laughs> a little mixture of, of that. But also, I, I also ran track. I also um, played basketball, and I've, I've I've done a lot of this stuff since I, I ran track when I was six for the first time. Played football when I was seven for the first time, and so I think that the wear and tear of my body just kind of started to add up. And then next thing you know, you you have you know a broken bone here, and you have a pulled muscle here, and you have a concussion here. So the injuries is because you didn't learn to recover. I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. But flat out. Okay. But a lot of times, uh, like I, I broke a bone in my back. You know, I don't think that came from wear and tear in my body. I broke my foot. I broke my finger. I had you know, the, the, some of those injuries I don't think came from wear and tear in my body. Just you know, kind of my my bad luck at the time. Um, but yeah, I, I did uh, suffer a lot of lot of injuries. So Jimmy, what about you? Are you? I, I'm. Uh, very healthy and grateful for that. Uh, it's great to be a backup quarterback most of your career. <laughs> you don't get hit in practice. Uh, you don't get hit in games until you, they, you get sent in or they're, they're, they're booing the starting quarterback. Um, so uh, I had one knee injury that wasn't really bad, just a sprained MCL. I had one bad concussion, uh, stayed in the game, um, but not really. I, I tore my ACL skiing. I separated my right shoulder, my throwing so shoulder, mountain biking. Okay, so uh, these are not, been these are not football related. <laughs> <laughs> Being a backup quarterback is a good gig. Uh, so, know, so, Jimmy, so, I'm sorry, Jimmy, you're still healthy. And you said you missed, missed the game a little bit. Now, I, I, we don't watch film. But my flag football team, we play every week now. If you, hey, yeah, that's why I asked you. You, you know, a quarterback. If I, I, we do need a quarterback now. If you, if you're itching, you know, I, I give oh, you a this, call. This would I, be, I, this, we could create a winning team right here. We could. Show. I, I think I can still do it. <laughs> when do you play? What, what day? Uh, I play uh, Tuesday nights. I play Sundays. I play Sunday nights, Sunday mornings, sometimes Saturday mornings. I, I play in a bunch of different leagues uh, co ed, all men's, awesome. five on five, you know, just a bunch of different stuff. So I try to stay. Stay in a, a you won of, your championship last won my Won my co-ed championship Tuesday right. night. Right, okay. Yeah. Co-ed championship Sweet. Tuesday night. Yeah. yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, injuries, concussions. What's going on in today's football? The rules they've got with regard to hits and things like that. What do you think of that? So my, one, of my, one of my last plays were, was actually a concussion. I got a concussion in the preseason game. We were playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I caught a slant route. Don't really remember the play too much. But I've seen it. I caught a slam route, took a hit, and immediately from there, I was knocked out unconscious. Um, and the process, the process to even get back on the field or to be cleared by NFL protocol now is intense now. I mean, to, to the point where, you know, once, once I was aware of what was going on, I kind of became a little nervous just because of how I was being treated, you know, like I, they were very cautious with me, making sure I'm okay. Like, hey, you know, make sure you're not looking at your phone. Make sure the light, the lights aren't too too bright in the room, you know. And so it kind of made me a little, it made me a little nervous at the time because I'm like, wait, what's what's going on? I know it's a bunch of people here, and everybody's asking me questions and asking me if I'm alright. Like, you know, what's going on? But now looking back on it, like you can see how the the how it has evolved, like how how much safer they're trying to make the game with with paying attention to concussions a lot more. So do you like the rule, though, that if, if somebody is, gives an inappropriate hit, they're out? 
I, I like that rule. You know, I like the rule. I think that the rule should be a little more consistent. Um, well, it's hard to. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's hard to say, but, and then you have times, like I saw a clip a few weeks ago, Russell Wilson, he took a hit, and they, the re- one of the referees sent him over to, you know, kind of get looked at. Oh, yeah. But he was saying that he was fine, and he kind of waved it off and went back in the game. Right. And now he, I think he's got a fine for that. I want to say it was like a $100,000 fine for, you know, not going through concussion protocol. So the NFL is, is taking it serious, and I think they're going about it the right way. But like you said, it's kind of hard to say, well, he looks like he got a concussion, but he doesn't look like, so we're going to pull him out, but we're going to leave him in, you know. So it's that fine line of how do you really determine, like, do you pull, when do you pull someone out and when do you not pull someone out? Yeah. Jimmy? Well, I, I coach uh, my – I've got four boys, all of them have played youth football. Uh, I coach my 11-year-old, and we've changed the way we teach tackling. Uh, we've changed the way we teach blocking. We hit less You don't use practice. the heads. Um, no, I, shoulder. Yes, um, and uh, and you, your, you know, Seattle Seahawks have uh, mm-hmm. demonstrated um, a way to really develop a strong tackling team without risking head injuries. Um, obviously, it still happens. It's a mm-hmm. violent sport. Um, somehow, I convinced my wife to not only let our 13-year-old play football, but he also plays rugby, um, and uh, so um, you know, the, I don't believe that we should. Put kids in bubble wrap and say, "Okay, we never want you." Life is is you know you, you can't just protect kids and you can't protect adults who ch- are choosing what to do. Mm-hmm. But we have to be smart. Um, and re- the the really concerning thing to me is that we don't know why some people are susceptible to these brain injuries and others aren't. Some people have had tons of these subconcussive hits. And concussive hits. Well, your father and, had. And they're uh, fine. Your father does. And he seemed to be fine, didn't he, Bill? Yeah. Oh, well, I know he ran for president. Maybe, maybe, maybe that explains maybe it. Maybe it's concussions. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's right. That, that was his line, actually. He said, "What else was there to do after twelve concussions of football other than run for Congress?" Um, but uh, no, it is a serious issue. My wife has helped me take it much more seriously than I probably did initially. Uh, the research is needs to be studied, and uh, and I think the NFL is being responsible but it's 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 clear that they have uh they have interests <laughs> that are very tied up in it so you need objective research and analysis as well well the thing that's happened though in the last 25 years is the size and fitness of the athletes is just dramatically different yeah. and you you're you're getting hit a lot harder by a lot more muscle i'm not a subject matter expert but i think teddy roosevelt yeah, confronted a lot. He did. Football, American football players were dying by the dozens in 1912 or whatever it was he was president right. in 1908, and he took charge of the uh, the football rules and recreated the rules, and I think did a lot of good because of that. And it seems to me that if we want to, are you keep saying that the president could fix this? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, as we sorry. As we speak, there's a, there's a, there's a long pause. <laughs> could and should. <laughs> he should. He actually could show some leadership. I, sure. <laughs> I think he should, too. But I don't want to go all the way to flag football, as much as I know you're enjoying it. We've got to keep the equipment on. Uh, we've got to wrap up. Jimmy, I did want to give you a chance to talk about what you're doing now with the Jack Kemp Foundation. Oh, thanks, Bill. Um, so I run the Jack Kemp Foundation. I set up... Uh, foundation after my dad passed away in 2009. Um, And the reason is because my dad's political philosophy, he described as being about the American idea. 
So our mission is to advance the American idea, um, the belief and the truth that the condition of your birth should not determine the outcome of your life. Uh, that in this country, our government was established for liberty, for people to be able to self-determine what they want to spend their life doing, what flourishing means to them. Um, and so we believe in that American idea, and we believe that it unites much of the country, um, and that if in our divided times, um, that if we have a path forward, that it's going to be around something I think the American idea is a great thing to come around, which allows people to compete their ideas, but with civility, with respect for one another. And you can be a Democrat, you can be a Republican, um, you can be a different skin color, you can be a different gender, you can have a different sexual preference, whatever, but we can be civil and compete our ideas and try to build a more perfect union. We do that through the Kemp Forum, and we have a Kemp Forum on expanding opportunity uh, with both Republican and Democratic uh, political leaders in Chicago. We will be in Chicago in March of 2018, and we're going to be talking about how to expand opportunity, how to fight poverty. Where in Chicago? Uh, to be determined, and okay. date is to be determined, so stay tuned. I'll get you that information as soon as we get it. Speaker Paul Ryan, this was his idea originally, and we did one Kemp Forum on Expanding Opportunity uh, in January of 2016, where we got presidential candidates to talk about uh, their proposals to fight poverty and help people become upwardly mobile, get, give equality of opportunity. And uh, so <clears throat> that's, that's how the Kemp Foundation is trying to do our part. We just had a big event last night where we honored Senator Tim Scott, who will also be at the uh, event in Chicago. Um, and uh, so we're trying to stay active and, and uh, be a part of the solution. Website? JackKempFoundation.org. JackKempFoundation.org. Sounds like something I want to look into. I can tell you talking about it, you sound you seem really passionate about it. I, I love it. It's a great privilege to do it. I'm grateful for the goodwill that my dad generated in his political career, and it's football that helped him understand how to treat people um, from different backgrounds. Uh, and uh, he's given me a, a wonderful uh, legacy that I can uh, build from. Um, and uh, and there are a lot of people who loved him and. You know, Bill is, uh, has been a good friend to us as well, so we appreciate your friendship and look forward to staying in touch with you, Lamar. Lamar, thanks for coming on. Jimmy, thanks. You're welcome. Thanks uh, for having us. We'll pick another interesting topic, and uh, although it's hard to go wrong with football, but uh, <laughs> we'll get you back. Somehow close. people have managed to this year. <laughs> <laughs> we got another show on that. <laughs> okay, guys, thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. Want more? Be sure to subscribe to Common Ground with Bill Walton on iTunes. Amazon is hiring near you. Earn a competitive wage and start as soon as seven days. No resume or experience required. Health and safety are a top priority with all of our roles and sites. Amazon is taking precautions in our buildings to keep people healthy. Go to Amazon.com slash apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.